Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Sunder and Salt. This is Malaika and we have... Harley. And, well, how are you, Harley? I'm okay. I'm full. Yeah, we just ate, didn't we? We just ate. What did you have? I had chili udon noodles with prawns. <laughs> was it nice? It was nice. It's a regular, one yeah. of my favourite delivery spots. Um, it was very good. What did you, yeah. what did you had a pad thai? I had a prawn pad thai, which they forgot the peanuts. I need to put my complaint in mm-hmm. and get my 45p back or whatever the value is of that product. Well, luckily I had peanuts on deck, so yeah. we were able to address I the put them on situation. whole. I couldn't be bothered. I'd lost all enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had some chili chicken, some Thai chicken wings, which weren't that flavorful, to be honest. They did. So, now you said that, I didn't know what went, you ordered, but yeah. they did have a nice kind of like vinegary. Yeah, it's like almost like salt and pepper with a bit of like um, satin. satin on it. Yeah, it was all right. They were just very deformed. Like, they you know what it was? Batter on them. Yeah, and also the pieces that I had were like cut wings. Yeah. But they'd obviously cut the flat from the drum in like yeah. a weird place. So one yeah. of mine was like one and a one in one the corner wings. One in the corner wings. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've eaten. I'm feeling the itis, but I'm just going to try yeah, and fight it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And it's the best position to be in when you're on a podcast to talk about more food. Is it just me? I don't know. When someone asks you what you want to eat when you're not hungry, can you do it? Um, no. If someone asks me right now, like, what do I want for breakfast tomorrow? I just, I can't even I'll think. default to my usual, though. I I'll just... probably just have, like, eggs, avocado, an omelette with avocado and cucumber, baby cucumbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Julia Fox. Um, today's episode mm-hmm. is all about cookbooks. My favourite. We had a couple of messages um, on the Sondra Assault Instagram. Thank you to everyone who follows the Sondra Assault Instagram and leaves comments and interacts with us. We really appreciate it and it does help mm-hmm. dictate the direction of the podcast. Cookbooks was an episode we were going to do, but we pulled it forward. Yeah. Pulled it forward to make that happen. Um, And yeah, we just keep getting questions about cookbooks. We're quite open about the ones that we're cooking from when we do. If and when we do. If and when we do. So we're just going to have a conversation about it. So starting point, Mm -hmm. why do you buy cookbooks? I think I buy cookbooks because I like reading Mm -hmm. and I've always had a love for books. I'm very tactile as well. So... I think cookbooks are a way of me combining two separate passions. It's a different way for me to engage with food. Mm-hmm. I'm also um, very big on like theory. I'm not a natural academic in the sense that I like the structure of study, but I love information and I, I really enjoy learning. I love the structure of study. I don't. I, I was love a, learning. Uni was a struggle for I'm me. I'm such a project person as well. Really? I love it. You know, it's summer holidays, you used to get you on a project. Oh, um, do you know going. my parents used to make me do book reviews? Yeah, I used to do book reviews. Yeah. I, and I used to have to do reports of my own holidays. Yeah, yeah, I had to do that as yeah, well. And in hindsight, it was actually one. really good. I would probably implement that when I have kids. But anyway. I think cookbooks are a way for me to expose myself to new information, new ideas. They're just interesting, I think. And I love the aesthetic. And I just like collecting things. I like having collections. So I think cookbook was a cookbook collection was a natural progression for me. And my mum had a cookbook collection growing up. So I always had this desire of having like a library filled with things that I would genuinely love and appreciate. And I do that with cookbooks. Okay. Why, why do you buy cookbooks? Because I um, have a scarcity mindset due to growing up without cookbooks and now I just want them. Really? <laughs> pa- like, partially. So I buy them because I like them. And I think you can really tell. 
as in when I say I like them, I like the particular books that I buy. Yeah. And when you look at my bookshelf and my collection, I would say... Can I ask you a question on that one, though? Yeah. How do you know if you like them before you bought them? So, this is the thing. Okay. So, number one, I have to buy cookbooks IRL. I have to buy cookbooks oh, okay. in real okay. life. Yeah. I have to... I'm a person who does love a little Waterstones jaunt. Yeah. The foils folly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love that. I love just standing there. You never know what you're going to find. Obviously, sometimes I leave with an intention. Like, I would have heard about it first and go to buy it. Mm. But I'm very rarely ever just going to buy a book online. If I do, it's because I'm just supporting that author and I'm, and I, or I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm buying a second book of the same person I've already got a book from, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Like, I know I want it. I know it's going to be good. But, um, yeah, what I was saying about that like, I like the books. My books are nice books. Some people buy books because they're genuinely interested in like the recipes and the structure. Say for example, if you've got a Julia Child kicking around on your I've got that. It's probably aesthetically not a beautiful not, book. It no. looks like a reading book. Yeah, I don't have any of those. Yeah, I've got that. I don't have any of those. And I probably should. There are some books that I can absolutely say are classics that I would love and whatever. Yeah. I just need the 21st century re-edition, you know. I need the I need the, the bound. The I need the new. Yeah, I need it to be very visual. I'm a tactile person, same as you. The idea of buying a cookbook on a Kindle makes me literally want to pull my eyeballs out. On a out Kindle, is, it's stressing me, but I, that's not to say I don't have ebooks, but I do print them. Yeah, but I can't e I can't e cookbook. I can ebook. We yeah. can e novel. I can e self help. I yeah. can do all of that, but I cannot e cookbook. And I think it's due to kind of that tactile nature of that. I'm doing something with my hands here. I want to be able to just turn the page, double check. Yeah, like yeah. it's a it's a moment that I'm having with my it's hands. Immersive, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is immersive. And yeah, so the books that I have, the ones that I've purchased and my growing collection, they are probably. It's probably, a, it's, I know it's a smaller collection than yours no. because I I pick books that I really, really, really want or yeah. really, really, really know. I, I don't think, I'm kind of looking over at my cookbook shelf right now. I don't think there's any book I have on there that I've just got for the food. Uh, okay. So what, when, you, when you say... Like, I've got books because I'm like, oh, the, the recipes are good, the visuals are good, the photography yeah. is good, the styling is good. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I have any books that Just are, like, black and white food. printed for the food. Like, grandma's recipes, black yeah. and white, no... Pe- I don't have any books like that. Oh, I do. <laughs> but I think I like I like the range. Like, I like things in full. Mm-hmm. Everything I do things... Sometimes it could be deemed that I do things to the extreme. So if I'm building a... As far as I'm concerned, I'm building a book, a cookbook collection yeah. that needs to cover, a, like, as far as I'm concerned, at one point, at some point in time, it's gonna have to cover the entire range. That's right. just how, I, like, I want Cuisine, a collection. Yeah, styles, and I, okay. I don't mind having books that are not that great. I don't really want to spend my money on a food that's uh, on a book that is absolutely crap. No, of course. But I want. The, the range of, like, good books, I want the range. So, like, I've yeah. got the Julia Childs, which is the art of French cooking. Yeah. Because it's seen as, like, nostalgic and a classic. And yeah. it's, like, a foundational fundamental, book. Yeah, yeah it's fundamental. It's so, as far as I'm concerned, I have to have that in my collection. Yeah. As part of the foundation, that book has to be there. Mm. However many times I open it, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> to make the, the collection holistic, it mm. has to be there. Otherwise, the collection is not complete. That's just how my mind sees it. Yeah, so yeah. I guess that leans into a little bit of the next question, which was, do you use them? And... I think my mentality is I do buy more books because I actually want to cook from them rather than just because I want them. 
Mm. So I, it will kind of be a combination of both. I will be looking for a particular type of recipe or a particular type of yeah. cooking that I will find in a particular book. But if I find that book and the recipe's in there, but I don't like the rest of the components, if I don't yeah. like the whole thing, then that book's going back. <laughs> Whereas you'll be like, no, this is the book that has the best yeah, yeah, yeah. recipe in yeah, it. So I, I need will. this particular book. I don't have that outlook okay. on like, I guess because I don't, your mentality and viewpoint is that you are building a collection, which I'm not, I guess. Like I, I yeah. am building a collection, but that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is to have, I feel like it's almost, it's my fashion. Okay. Like I consider them like individual pieces. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. they're individual pieces. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, this is for this, this is for this, this is for this. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the underbelly. I don't care about the things I don't care about. Okay. Fair Whereas enough. you sound like you're collecting books that you may never use. Um, no, to but build it, a library of sorts. It's like the books build the library that provides, like, it, it creates a story kind of okay. thing. So in having certain books in my collection, mm. to me, it strengthens that collection and it, provi- it, pro- it provides the opportunity for access <clears throat> to information that is, like, ranged. So if... The, and this is the vision I have for it. Go on. At some point, it would be big enough to be a library. Yes. And if you visited me, my library would be a source, yeah. essentially. So you may, on one day out of your entire lifetime, need to check something, and I will have that book in my collection. So okay. if Julia Childs, if for whatever reason the conversation centres around French cooking or whatever, we may get there... I've got that book in my collection. I've got access yeah. to that information. information. So I think for me, it's about, yeah, creating the access to information. And the, it's like a visual display of how I believe I should and others should be kind of engaging with food. Like, if you don't want to buy books, then you don't have to. Mm. You can always do your Googles. Do you know what I mean? But I like to see a physical representation yeah. in my home of that space and time that I was in. And when I watched... Julia and Julia yeah. and then I fell down the rabbit hole of understanding what that was about yeah, yeah, the yeah. book is like a physical representation of that time I lived through that period so every book usually is reflective of, of something a else. thought or an interest yeah. that I had I got the book and there it is I have that too for certain books but let's just rewind for a second how many books do you have do you know what now or do you think you have <laughs> I don't I don't know it's definitely over it's definitely over 50 it's probably it's probably getting close to... Yeah, it's definitely over 50. It's over 50. How many do you have? I reckon I've got around 35. So I'm probably, like, touching, like, 30, 35. Sorry, 75. Yeah. I'm probably around 75. But I would say two-thirds... Yeah, probably a split. Two-thirds of my cookbooks are baking books. Yeah. Which might sound wild to some people because how much variation is there with baking beyond, like just general kind of knowledge and experiment. Like, I guess if you've got a good sponge base, you can do many things to yeah. it. But I'm connected to each of my books very differently mm-hmm. in the same way that you are. Like, I've got every book that Ruby Tando has written because I love Ruby Tando. I have not cooked from the last one just because there's 200 other Ruby Tando recipes mm-hmm. to cook from when I need them. <laughs> but how often then do you pull from your shelf? I pull from my shelf quite often because I like to just read through and flick through them. I don't necessarily pull from my shelf to cook from the books. Right. It's very rare. 
How many of your cookbooks then would you say are actually recipe books versus books about food? So say we've discussed um, salt, acid, yeah, fat, yeah. heat on... Fat, fat heat? Salt, salt, acid, fat, fat heat. heat. on the podcast before in our episode about salt. If you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to it. That was, as we described, it's an informational book about food. It's, it's excellent food writing, which yeah. I don't know if today we're going to get into what makes a good cookbook, but food writing is one thing and then having a good recipe is something else like someone could hand you an amazing recipe yeah, on the back yeah. of a napkin so do you think you have a, like an equal split of those kind of books no it sounds like if you're reading a book you're not reading recipes i will i will read through recipes I, most of my books i'd say 75 to 80 percent of my books are recipe books i started out buying recipe books because mm-hmm. i like i like to see how other people have done things i like to see like the split in measurements yeah the different textures, the layers. I also like the little blurbs on recipes. I love recipe books about blurbs annoy yeah. me. Like, what is the story behind Head this recipe? Yeah. Even if you're lying to me, do you know what I mean? Sometimes people. My like, son has always loved blurbs. Yeah, I don't. I'm one of those people. On a side note. I don't mind when blogs online have got those stories. What I don't people like is when them. when they break down. Like the recipe, the, recipe. the pictures. Yeah, yeah that's I don't annoying. like that. And you're you're breaking down some of the technical bits. I'll get this on another side, not from you. Yeah. Get off. Do you know what I mean? Let me just get to the <laughs> to the cracks of it. But um, yeah, I've got. I started out with recipe books, and then as my collection has grown, I made the decision that I actually want to start collecting like more anthology type books, mm-hmm. I guess, and like books of, about food. Yeah. I started building like a, a fictional book collection where food is centered in yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. So I, I shared have, some of uh, those on my my story that other day. Did you? I bought, yeah, because I bought those books because when you Google like storybooks for people oh, that love food, I missed that. those are the books that you come out. send it to me. Yeah, well, we can take that one for another day, I isn't it? Probably but, on the holiday. I was disconnected from the internet. Maybe oh yeah, I think it was. When you were I sharing was, that. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's interesting now in you saying that I do have a few novels actually I think they're on my Kindle but they are books yeah with the centre around food they are like just stories yeah just stories but they're like stories about or centred and I guess maybe the authors they know that but obviously they don't necessarily intend for it to be that way whereas I was reading a story of just this girl talking about falling in love but there was a key essential element of it where she always goes to a coffee shop and it's like her favourite coffee shop and in my head it's like cool it's like oh it's like when I go to Gales yeah like there was a connection between me and getting a cinnamon bun the way that she does or did kind of thing in that way yeah yeah I never really thought of including like books about food in that way in like my but this, I think this is why I say, like, what Collection. I am growing in mm. my personal library a full range. is like a, yeah, what do you call it? A library? No, there's there's like a... A, a library? To consider your collection library it has to have 1,000 books. Hmm? To consider your collection library. Oh, well, I'm getting there. Books. I'm getting it Because it's an investment, there. isn't it? Yeah, so that, for sure. Books can be, depending on where you get them from, mm. and I guess we'll get there a little bit later, it, it's an investment. And once you've bought it, that's money locked up. Yeah. So I'm planning to give this to my kids. They better appreciate it. Well, I... Just the question I asked you. I probably cook from my cookbooks... Well, let's, let me split this, because cooking from them and baking from them, they're yeah. two different things okay. in my world. This sounds like a bit of my kind of logic because it sounded the same to me. No, but I'm just like, it's it's less likely that you're going to get the same combination of baking in baking books, but it's more likely if someone's written a fish book, for example, yeah. or a book that contains a certain range of recipes that there will be duplication. Okay. I find baking books more original. Oh, really? I find that there's more repetitiveness between cookbooks. Okay, yeah. Just yeah. because, especially if you, if you claim you're covering 
Neapolitan food and you claim you're covering Neapolitan food, there has to yeah, be yeah. The certain a dishes. certain level yeah. of dishes and stuff of, and practices and, you know, even I've got books about bread where I know, I can see the pages in my head where everyone talks about how to laminate dough. Yeah, like, yeah. I can see the page in all three books where they've got the four grid pictures, how to laminate <laughs> dough kind of thing. So I guess the more specialty books, you can expect more repetition, but I find with baking books, or maybe the, which is my collection, there's a lot of originality. So okay. when I want to bake something, I will go to that recipe in that book. Whereas if I want to make a curry, I could be like, oh, I could pick that one, that one, that one, that one, or that one. Like always i mean i guess you could say the same if you want to bake a lemon cake but i think there's just different nuances and i guess different <clears throat> i don't know i know my cookbooks very well mm-hmm. and Gosh. i and i know but in terms of like i i could tell you if someone said to me like oh i want a really good cake recipe that like i can take i don't know on the tube it's not going to fall apart blueberry not too sweet i'd be like okay i don't have the recipe in mind but you're going to want to look at this book that book or this book yeah and again, it's because, like you, I've read it cover to cover. I know it's probably in there. And I know generally how that cookbook author writes. Yeah. Or if you say something like, oh, I like icing. I like stuff to be sickeningly sweet. Like, layer it on, top with sugar, crumbs, mm-hmm. drizzles. I'll be like, oh, okay, you want that one. Yeah. You want that book over there. And I know my collection like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I've cooked all of the recipes from all of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I feel so guilty that I don't cook from my books. I don't. At one point, I felt a lot of pressure when I first decided that, okay, I want to have a cookbook collection. I'd put this pressure on myself that, oh, with every book, I'm going to pick, like, Because it's the Julia and Julia thing. It's the, like, I'm going to cook through the books. Like, that's how the film... That's the only way for me to validate this book, is if I cook from it, etc. But I think, for me, it's... Buying the book is not just about the cooking. Mm. Like you said, it's about the photography, the food writing, the story. Sometimes it's just exposing myself. The going myself. to Waterstones in the first place. Yeah, just the whole, the whole <laughs> the day. Picking it up, flicking through it. Make, even like the decision process for me is exciting. Like yeah. I went to the charity shop the other day and saw a book and I flicked through it and I just thought, do you know what? You're not for me. I don't I don't want you no. in my collection. Mm. Like, yeah, this guy's famous and it's probably revered, but actually I don't think I want that one mm. because the story you're telling is not fitting into my the range overall got. narrative yeah. yeah i guess it is how you look at your collection then or look at your what what you want to get out of it, it they're collector's items to me mm. at this point as well so yeah i haven't really thought of it that way i think there are collections within having a collection that i'm proud of like I said, I have every book Ruby Tando's written. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a micro, that's a micro collection yeah. of four books that I'm like, yes, children, you better appreciate that mummy, <laughs> mummy got all four. Yeah. When they came out, first editions. No <laughs> yeah. reprints. You know this is first like, edition. First edition. Yeah. The year it came out. All right. In fact, yeah. this one I got at the book, she was there. All right. She was there. Signed. Signed. Yeah. But then other books I've got like, I've got one sitting next to me here, which I know is part two. I don't have part one. Yeah. So I don't think I have the collector mindset of like collecting every single book that I come across. Like this, and the book I'm talking about is Sugar I Love You by Ravneet Gill. Um, by who? Ravneet Gill. Oh, you said it very quickly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, even on the back of this book, actually, it's got the Pastry Chef's Guide. Now, I recommended, someone asked us recently yeah. for a, like a fundamentals cookbook um, when it comes to baking. And the Pastry Chef's Guide is that book. I don't even own that book. Yeah. But I know 
it's that book. And that's based on the writing that I've seen in here, what is obviously advertised of what that book is. Yeah. I trust that she said, this is the pastry chef's guide. This is literally the fundamentals of how to do everything, how to make a custard, how to like the very, very basics. This is like Does it have good reviews? Yeah, this is this is pastry this is pastry oh. school for people who don't go to pastry school. This oh, okay. the the first book. And I don't have it, but if you ask me for that book, based on my experience with this book, yeah, and knowing what that book's supposed to be, I believe it. Okay. Do you get what I mean? So So you recommend you're the kind of person that recommends restaurants that you've never eaten at? Oh please. <laughs> We've done that episode, and no, I'm not that person. But back to my point, I don't have the first one of this kind of like series. I don't, I don't feel bad about it. Would you feel bad about that? Would you feel like you needed to have it? Um, if I felt the way you feel about the book that you don't own, I probably would just go ahead and buy it. Yeah. That's it. I would just go ahead and buy it for completeness. And if I believe that it is that good, then I would definitely want it in my collection to strengthen my collection. So I, I do want would. it in my collection. However, I think it's 29.99. 29? So let's discuss the value yeah. of our so-called collections or building libraries. Cur, if because... I put a price on my collection, <laughs> I don't even want to know. There are some books that, yeah. like, it's not even that the books, I deem them expensive. Like, if I spent money on them and we discuss this pocket watches and I think the first episode, but I think there is a certain element of comparison and I think that makes me want to cook from them. Because if I'd spent £30 on a pair of jeans, I want to wear them. Yeah. Like, I want to wear them, whatever. But if I spend £30 on a book and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just for the shelf. Yeah. It's just for the vibes. Um, I, 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 I'd be alive if I said I wouldn't do that. I would be alive if I don't do that because well I do that yeah. but I'm saying that's what that's what niggles at me that's what niggles at me in terms of like what exactly have you paid for here Harley oh that doesn't bother me you know oh, if I me. if I get the book and it feels like good quality the like the imagery yeah. the cover for me a good anyway is this a what is the question here because I don't want to jump the gun well I mean if I was to put a price on my collection it's definitely hundreds of pounds yeah. worth Easily. definitely because I've like bought four books and spent over a hundred pounds yeah, 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 in yeah. one month and four times do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah if we charge that by man to how much is too much for a book? Mm. It depends it depends on the book. I think I wouldn't pay in this lifetime more than fifty pounds for a book. Yeah, I don't think I'd pay more than fifty pounds for a book. I don't believe I've paid that much for a book so far, but for the right book, yeah. I I could do it. I think um, salt fat, fat acid heat is about 30 quid. Yeah, or like 35. 30 something. 30 something that's probably the most expensive book in my collection. But you see that book? It's different. The yeah, value, and yeah. I feel like the value is there. I feel like they really... The value is there because yeah. I've read that book, not cover to cover, like, multiple times. But I've yeah. read that book and I've gone to that book. Yeah. It's made its worth. If it was one pound a visit, it was a library, yeah, yeah. one pound a visit, it's, it's, it's covered. It. But there are other books there that are only probably about 20 pound that haven't haven't had mm -hmm. their 20 visits yet. That bothers me. It doesn't bother me, you know. Because if I get the book and it, it, my first flick through, like, if it feels weighty, mm. if I've paid money for a book and that book feels flimsy, mm. I'm sending that bad boy back. The hardback cookbooks. Hardback only. 
hardback only. If I get a, a book that is not hardback, it's because it physically does it doesn't not exist. Come right. In hardback. Yeah, so but again, I opt for hardback. I've got one here by Holly Haynes. It's Holly. We talk about her quite a lot on the podcast. We're very big fans. This is How mm-hmm. to Eat Your Feelings by Holly Haynes. And it's a self-published, so I assume that's probably why it's just cost-effective to have it printed on not yeah. paperback. I was going to say softback. Well, actually, when I do my book, yeah, it depends. But it's cheaper. I think everything else about the book makes up for that. Like, yeah. it still has the amazing... But how like, much was it? ...photography. Mm, it was an Amazon buy. I reckon it's about... £12, £12, £15? That's relatively cheap. Yeah, relatively cheap. But I'm just saying in terms of, like what you said, this physically does not come in another option because of her, like, because of her self-publishing. It's Mm -hmm. probably the the best offering and it still is amazing. Benjamina's book at Baked by Benji, her first book came out um, on paperback and I remember texting her and being like, bruh, paperback cookbook and she was like I know but the publisher like the first round will be paperback yeah. and then hardback so I, I have that on paperback oh okay but now I know it's on hardback I'm about to replace it still yeah I think it's slightly oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah to. I think everything other than that is a hardback all my books are, all, yeah, all, all my cookbooks are hardback. hardback I have two books one's about food writing we'll write for food I'll put it in the show notes of this episode and then I think I have Jay Rayner Jay Rayner's um, The Ten Food Commandments or something like that which that. again is like a small book by Penguin it's one of those mini books oh okay so yeah. it's paperback as well um, I think everything else food wise my story books are obviously paperback yeah because most novels don't come novel, in hardback yeah. Um, but then, yeah, all the cookbooks that I buy, if the option is hardback, yeah. like if I'm on Amazon, especially, yeah, sometimes me. it flicks, yeah, sometimes it flicks, flicks yeah, over to hardback. Hardback only, because like, like I'm saying, for me, if I'm paying for the book, the, like it has to be weighty, it has to feel like good quality. The pages mm. have to be the right, I can't remember what they call it. The um, GSM, GSM, the paper, that's yeah. it, yeah, it has to be the right <laughs> the GSM. Can't be too thick, but it can't be too thin. Yeah how it's printed like the print quality has to look really good the imagery has to be there i like a good if there's not going to be images for every single recipe there has to be a good amount one yeah, yeah, image yeah. every 10 recipes it's just not it's not good. it to no, me no, 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 no. at all yeah in terms of i love a hardback for exactly the same reasons and also i'm not as precious anymore about how i use my cookbooks mm-hmm. so i think a hardback book is generally more durable yeah. it's going to be in the kitchen with me it might yeah. get splattered it might get that having a hardback book that if i am quickly frying something i just close the whole thing hardback books another thing i love about them is they usually come with a bookmark ribbon yeah, yeah. so i can just get the book closed get the book open flick it open with the pick the ribbon or whatever mm-hmm. i need to do I, there's a cookbook I have in my collection which is actually not a hardback um, just a little baking book but it has some really good recipes in it and this haunts me to this day I can see it it's ingrained in my eyeballs where my mum has written in the book in Biro Pen (laughs) blasphemous that is a crime what writing in the book yeah do you know I make notes in the book on sticky notes yeah because it's defaced have I ever written in a cookbook? I don't think I have. I don't mind if it's covered in banana bread, fry splatter. But not, but not notes. Do you know what? I bought a book. Not in the book. And if it's in the book, and if it's in my book, it better be my hand. Well, yeah, if it's your book, then fair enough. <laughs> I went but I saw a book in the charity shop. I, I think it depends. If it's your book, 
and you want to put some notes in there because I, I saw a book in the charity shop the other day and it had someone's notes in there and it had like a little birthday message and stuff and I felt like I just like stepped into someone's kitchen I think that was just such an amazing experience for me so it, where I'm building like a collection mm. there's some books I probably might put notes in over time yeah. as I start to use them because I have this vision of like my children or like my Finding grandchildren them. yeah like just getting like a piece of yeah through the book I get but, that to a degree but don't write in my cookbooks yeah no I mean it has to be my writing I wouldn't want to oh my god I wouldn't gosh. want someone else is to she write writing in Blue book. Barrow you know oh god <laughs> Blue Barrow in my cookbook a place where I make a lot of notes in cookbooks but on sticky notes next to the ingredients list is because I have about six or seven books <laughs> I have about six or, I have about six or seven books that are written by American cookbook authors. And I have those in their own little section grouped together on my on my shelf. The way I've organized my shelf is also quite unique to me. But I put sticky notes in because I don't want to convert the ingredients as I go from like cups to grams and Oh, like I just use cup measures. So oh don't do that. Yeah. There's just certain things. Obviously, generally. I I tend to weigh out baking stuff up yeah. I was just being But a bit, I mean generally yeah. you can make a sponge cake with cups, of course you can. But it would be better if you use grams. Yeah, and also scale. Yeah. The scale especially I've done like market stalls and stuff there's yeah. no way I'm doing cups 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 I need to know this yeah. recipe I love this recipe but it's 100 grams which means I need to do a kilo yeah 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 fair enough straight up so yeah. I like to just convert the ingredients one time at the start of the recipe put them into grams so that I know that they how they the closest to what they should actually be and then I'll go from there and I'll leave the sticky note in or I go back and I put ratings in the books so I've got little sticky notes in some recipes where I've put yeah. like 8 out of 10 and I put a little date like I like the idea I share what you're saying about... But you don't want it physically on the book. Yeah, like leaving yeah. stuff behind. So I've got a note in one of the one of my books that says like, I think it's from like 2018 and I've got like six out of 10 was a bit dry. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's got like October 2018. I probably need to go back and do that in some of my books because I've got thoughts about them yeah. if I've used them. But, but you won't I remember your amends. I won't put yeah. them. I, I tend to, if it's a, because I don't cook for my recipe right, books that often. Yeah, There's yeah. very specific recipes that I put and I use them as a source of inspiration. So once I've cooked from it once, I don't necessarily go back unless I can't oh, remember no. something. I will just go back to double check a couple things. So Once I've I feel got, like I know the recipe, I've moved on. So there's one cookbook I, I love, I love, I love it. It's called Staring Slowly by Georgina Hayden. She has a couple of other books out, I think before and after. Definitely one called Taverna and one called, I think, Nitissimi, which is a vegan, she's Greek Cypriot and it's like a vegan Greek Cypriot recipe book. That's her most recent edition. But Staring Slowly is amazing. And the thing I love about it is that it has, it itself has full range. Yeah. It covers like from small plates, breakfast, all the way through to desserts, jellies and hot drinks. Mm -hmm. And there are recipes in there that are super, super simple. One that I go to not quite often, but I've gone to just to make exactly the way she intended. And it's for like sausage and green pesto pasta. But I just love that recipe, that okay. ratio. Whereas yeah. if I'm like, oh, I could just whack a bit of pesto. I've done, I've done it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I've always just been like, Oh, I should have just, yeah. just, just read it. It's not the same. It's not the same. And there's a brown blondie recipe in that book, which is amazing. It's these like coconut oil blondies. They're just so, so, so good. That, that recipe book, I should have it next to me. I pulled a few books and that isn't one I pulled. Because you said three done. each. Okay. Snitch. 
<laughs> Malaka didn't come from home today, so she didn't have all her books with her. But I will throw up images if you're catching a clip of this on Instagram or on TikTok, yes. where you can find us these days with all the covers of any books that we talk about. But that is one recipe that I will go back to the recipe. Mm-hmm. Making recipes, a lot of them are based on ratios. So I know how to make a brownie. It's in my head. If I want to yeah. make another brownie, I would just alter ratios and add toppings and flavors and ingredients off of that. Something brand new, like I've never made a, I don't know, blueberry cobbler pie. I'm always going to go to a recipe first. Yeah. Whereas you might just be like, oh, I've taken inspiration that I want to make. Well, no, because if, if I want to make something new. So when I say take inspiration, one of the books yeah. that will be me, one of it later, there's a recipe in there. I used it once and whenever I use a recipe for the first time and I always tell people, advise people this as well, I follow it to the T. Yeah. I follow it to the T and then from there I discern what I did or didn't enjoy about it, what I think could be improved to fit my palette. Yeah. So I'd done it once to the T. The next time I used it, I had the book for reference, right. but I remembered the amendments I wanted to make. Okay. And then the third time, I remember how I made it that second time. So I don't refer back to the book unless for some reason I've gone like completely blank and I just don't even remember how to start or the order how to do things. Mm. But that's generally the way that I do it. So if I'm going to try and do something new, I will always look for a recipe as a guide. And then if I feel like, sometimes I feel like, oh, mm, this is pretty straightforward. Let me try I'm in a rush. But for the most part, as a standard, I like to follow a recipe. So we both have collections to varying degrees at the moment, but you already mentioned that you had access to quite a lot of cookbooks growing up. Yes. And we've, we've in previous episodes, discussed our culinary upbrings. We're a little, we're a little different. I remember, and I'm sure we had cookbooks in the house. We had a bookshelf. We had books and book people, but there's only one cookbook I remember us ever using in my nuclear household, which is this super, super old cookbook. I'm going to try and get a picture of it and I'll put it somewhere. And it's called The Cookery Year. And this book must be from 1980s, maybe. It's got those recipes in it of those like pineapple ham hedgehogs. I love them. Jellies, trifles. Pineapple maraschino cherries and cheese. All of that kind of stuff. And the two things I remember distinctly always, always making from this book that we will still go to to this day are the crepe recipe for pancake day, which again, it's just a very simple recipe, but the ratios in the book works. That's that's, that's it. That's it then. (laughs) And the crumble. Uh Again, it's got four, four, five ingredients, but that's the one I want. I want the 1980s British finest crumble. Mm -hmm. And that's the only cookbook I remember growing up with. And to this day still use. I don't think we've ever made another recipe from the book ever. Oh no, my mum had quite a few. What did she have and what do you remember? Uh, there was one Chinese cooking book and it had no pictures in it. Ooh. It had no pictures in it, but at that time, I think when I was younger, I read, I read for pleasure a lot. So that book really helped in my imagination. Okay. So it had all these Chinese recipes in it and I used to read it when I wanted to get Chinese food, but we couldn't. So whenever it was like end of term or something like that, right. my mum would take me out to eat or like when my brother was born, me and my brother should take us out and there was a Chinese restaurant that we would go to. 
say I would open that book when I craved that food and I would read through the recipe, read through the instructions and visualise, like, eating this food because I knew what it looked like. How sweet. So I'd be like, oh, I see. I'd open it and think, oh, I've seen such a chicken. And then I'd read that and I'd be like, oh, wow, yeah, I can't wait. And then we didn't, I think a couple of times she did use it because she used to make sweet and sour chicken from scratch and stuff when I was growing up. But I remember that book and I think it was by, like, Ken... It was by somebody called, like, Ken something. I remember that, because I just used to think, oh, Ken. And then you had, like, the Chinese Last name, right? Yeah. Um, and then there was one called Taste of the Caribbean. That book... I think that was one of ours. Yeah. It's, it's by like Rosamund Grant. It's novel size, No, right? this one is, like, a bigger oh, one, I think. Like yeah. So Taste of the Caribbean by Rosamund Grant. And there was another Caribbean cookbook... And it had collection, it was a collection of recipes by different people. Right. And that book was nice because it was a, it was an actual like Caribbean cookbook. Right. It's either this one or the other one, but it was like varied. So that was my growing up in an environment that was predominantly Jamaican and consuming a lot of Jamaican food. Yeah. That kind of gave me a bit of insight outside of like roti or something, right, which is okay, normal okay, to okay. me, to what other people on different islands what ate. So I, w- I used to love that book because I used to think, oh, wow, this is interesting. Or I'd see them cook with something in a recipe and I think, oh, we don't nah. do that. That's a bit that look at you. <laughs> He's a hater. Yeah, but I'd be like, okay, interesting. So that was cool. Um, there was, she had so many, but I, you know, when you're young, you just don't really, I took them for granted. She yeah. still has them. There's a couple that she's given me, but I definitely remember the, the Caribbean one, Taste of the Caribbean. And I don't know if it's the second or the first book that had the guava glazed chicken. Is and, that what inspired your guava yeah, jam lifestyle? Because I, I don't remember that recipe because I don't know where to find it in the book, but yeah. I remember using guava jam, yeah. grater in an onion, frying it down, adding the guava jam and adding spiced rum or something right, to create right, a right. Glaze. glaze. But it was baby chicken that they used in that recipe. But yeah, that's where that's where I got that from. Awesome. I remember yeah. when my dad like started to find his feet cooking and stuff, I was young, but I remember I think the first cookbooks I was buying were like for gifts for other people, but I remember them like being for my dad. Yeah. And I remember distinctly getting him, you know the restaurant Yum Yums, the Stoknian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember I think him... it used to be so much better back in the day. I haven't been in a long time, but one of the yeah. first books that we used to back, he used to cook from this book like that <laughs> week of the Yum Yum cookbook. Yeah. And it's a really small book. It does have a hard cover actually, but it's almost like um it's almost like ring bound. Mm-hmm. Um and we used to have the duck curry from that book. So many really nice things that I just made from that book that he used to make religiously. And then when he went through his vegan phase, I got him there's this like collection of books. I think they're Harper Collins and it's called Easy. So I remember getting easy vegan. There's a tagine in that book that he makes up until this day. Really? Like, and again, like I, I'll watch him cook or I'll see him cook where he'll always go and get the recipe. But similar to what you've said, he's made amends in his head or he reads through it and he's like, oh yeah, and I like to do the da 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 da. But he will still use those books and those books are definitely like the memories associated with them, even though they're not my books, like I've got memories associated to his books. Yeah, yeah. And like the meals that I've eaten, knowing that they were from particular books as well. Mm-hmm. So I can recommend them to people without having bought them. Thank you very much, Malaka. <laughs> um, <laughs> the question that we've had most commonly is probably our favourite cookbooks. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to start? Well, 
I've got quite a few favourites. Yeah, let's let's split this so, down into a couple of sub Yeah, sub I've got quite a few favourites. And there's... The thing is, that I think people have to remember with cookbooks, is you have to be clear... You have to get clear about what you want from mm-hmm. the cookbook. So asking somebody, what's your favourite cookbook? It's like asking them favourite restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very broad. So I'm looking for a cookbook because I want to, like, I just want to start cooking yeah. or I want to get into this or something. You kind of really have to be specific if you do want to enjoy or get the most out of your cookbook because I could recommend a vegan cookbook and you're not vegan. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, so. recommend me something. Well, <laughs> so my first book is a book that I have cooked from and I will say as it's not the best cookbook in terms of, like, the recipe content mm. but I have cooked from that book it's nice nostalgic it's got value to me and I think it's just reflective of somebody with a passion for food right it's not over complicated or anything like that so it's Khalees my life on a plate I really do love that book right when I look through it I wouldn't say that every recipe looks like a winner right um and I wouldn't even say that it's necessarily the best or well, most well-written cookbook that I've ever seen. It's quite thin, it's hardback, but it's not like... Is that her first book? Yeah. Did she, like... I think it's the first and only one she's ever done. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's the first and... I know she's got, um, you know, that, like, network masterclass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video. I think she's got content on there. Oh, okay. No, oh, I think this is the only cookbook that she has, My Life on a Plate. And I bought it from Amazon. I think it was even reduced at the time, seven ninety nine. A lot of the celeb ones are often on deals on Amazon if you're trying to get any of those. Yeah, bought it from there. And I just, I think she'd created this book when she'd finished culinary school. Yeah. Um, And I've always loved Khalees. I like her music. Yeah. So when I saw the cookbook and experiencing her in that way, Um, and her talking about her her cookbook is very linked to her life her upbringing like extremely but she is, is she from new york i think she is from new york but she's i think she's her her mother is like south american or, or uh, something okay, like okay, that okay, okay. so she has a lot of oh she's hispanic or something like that yeah, yeah so is it Dominican? Dominican? Can't be, can't be sure. But anyway, there's a lot of that influence in there. And then just from her travels and mm. all of that. So, yeah, I really do like that book. I think it's simple enough that if you're somebody that has never bought, owned a cookbook before, it's a good place to start. If you like Khalees, it's <laughs> quite relatable. I don't have that, but I'm, you've... I have had a lot of interest in Khalees and her journey. And like yeah. I said, I've seen her on Masterclass and stuff. I just... Yeah, I'd, I guess unfairly. I just don't know if I took her that seriously. Some of the some of her culinary choices, I just think mm, I'm not sure yeah. about that for me. But I appreciate the passion. I think that's I think that's what it is. Yeah, I true. The passion. So it's um it's cute. I did, and it was and it exposed me to different things. So mm. when it came to like Creole cooking, it's not something I've had a lot of exposure to. Right. Um. So I did the prawn etouffee from there. And I'd, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's having is the most authentic, but yeah. that dish, I love you it. You really love it, okay. Yeah, and it wove its way into some of our relationships. And it was like a staple dish that we cooked together. We kind of went through the book and picked it. And okay. I love that recipe. I've, I've kind of doctored it to make it yeah. my own. And also I did some research about etouffee. As a whole. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. little things in Khalisa's recipe where I think, 
That could be a bit better. Like the, the amount of time she says to cook the roux for. When I see the the Nola babes on the internet, right. they're cooking roux till it's the dark Nola as hell. Baby. Yeah, they're like, if the roux ain't dark, baby, and all that yeah. type of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, no, nah, Khalees, you could have done that for a little bit longer. Yeah. So when I've done it again, I've made sure my roux is very dark, very cooked down. Right. I'll add like a couple, you know, I'll add a bit of smoked salt. Oh, you know what I mean? Like you. little things like that, just to make it my own. But that is a book that I would say, if it's still cheap, I would definitely tell so people to it. buy it. Yeah, and I think it's super it's super cute. My all-rounder, which is a book that I've cooked from religiously, and it's someone whose YouTube videos, just general recipes, I really, really love. Like, I'll cook from... She's got a new book coming out soon, actually. It's Alison Roman. She has a few books out, but the one that I really love is Nothing Fancy. Mm-hmm. I think she has another one called Dining In. But Nothing Fancy is a book about host not just about food but it's also about hosting so the book is like split into relevant sections sides meats etc but all about stuff that you can make at scale if you're hosting dinner parties basically okay so i host an annual dinner party really that malaka might make the cut to <laughs> oh, this, this year, year. <laughs> um i host friendsgiving every year um on thanksgiving weekend and I think I've had this book now for two Thanksgivings and even just really super, super simple stuff like the sides. I think when you are cooking for other people, sometimes it's hard or sometimes I find it hard to curate the menu when you have to make a lot of dishes. I love that this book does some of that legwork for you. It's a great, um, it's a great book, especially for like someone who lives by themselves to just cook one portion of something. A lot of the things in the book themselves are meals. So there are some like sides, but she's got an amazing set selection through her blogs and through the book and through writing of like salads, but like salads that are meals, not just salads that are sides. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also really useful if you're either building a cookbook collection or you're building your own culinary like abilities that I hate when you've like followed a recipe and it's been like two hours and you've made a gravy. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's I think that's a really deflating, personally, just a really deflating thing, and that's not just based on cookbooks, but recipes as a whole. Um, but yeah, I love that book. The photography is amazing. She's I, the thing I love about her as well is that because she's a chef first, and I'm not I haven't seen the Calise book. I don't know what the Calise book's saying, but the book is centered on the food. I have seen cookbooks and I think I have one or two where the book is accented on the person and all the pictures are them, like their full body holding the plate. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, the Khalees book has got like good, pretty good, good photography. food photography. It doesn't have photography for everything. So the prawn Etifei didn't have a picture and that right. used to rub me the wrong way. <laughs> it's got a bit of sketching. Right. But for the most part, it does have some cute pictures. Yeah. She's in it here or there. That's like, yeah, but, Alison yeah. is, she's in the book here or there, but um, I love the fact that it's like, even the photography, it details and captures some of the recipe notes in terms of like, say for example, it's a finished dish, but she talks about like charring a, a cabbage mm-hmm. and the photography represents what you're yeah. looking for in that cooking process. I think that's really important. Um, Yes, I think that's a good all-rounder. I already mentioned Stirring Solely, which I think is another good all-rounder, but mm-hmm. um, I think maybe maybe Nothing Fancy might top it as like a starting book. My second book is The Kitchenista Volume 1, um, and it's an e-book, so I don't know if it'll make it to your collection, but I did print it, printed it on cards, and put it into a binder so it can live on my shelf. What does it cover? Uh, so basically, the Volume 1 book kind of covers 
I think like just very quite simple recipes that she mm. likes. But what I did like about it, so she on her online, she's got like um, I think each book is about three dollars or something like that. Right. Or you can buy the bundle for ten dollars. Right. So she's got three books in the bundle for ten dollars, and in volume one, I think it's basically just recipes that she has shared that people have enjoyed. Right. But things that are like basic staple dishes that yeah. she thinks that you should have. So yeah. it ranges from more fancy things that are like duck fat chicken say, wing yeah. <laughs> to something as simple as how to make biscuits. Yeah, cornbread like, and biscuits she's like amazing at. Yeah, so that biscuits which is like American scone equivalent. Kind of, yeah. If you don't know, yeah. you know, but it's the, that kind of biscuit. Um, but she provides a lot of information for people that you have a lot of people, especially with social media, that don't want to be chefs aren't necessarily the most skilled in the kitchen, but they enjoy food. They want mm. to be able to cook good food home, yeah. and they want it to be unintimidating. And I think she's really good at that. Sorry. Kitchen essentials, how to create stock, how to brine fish and, and the benefits of brining fish. Little tidbits of information that I think are important for people that have access to social media, are overwhelmed with food content. So much, yeah. Really want yeah. to know how to cook and cook good food as well, but then also appreciate that there is basic knowledge and understanding that you have to have in order to do things well. And I think she breaks that down in a very relatable way. It's very relaxed. It's not overbearing or intimidating. And it's like three dollars. Mm. It is an ebook. Well like I said I printed it out. So I would definitely recommend that book to anybody that just likes good food. Interesting. Interesting. So um this isn't necessarily well this isn't a book that I've cooked from, but because you've mentioned The Kitchenista, yeah. I'm going to bring back Holly's book, which I discussed a little bit earlier on the podcast, and exactly what you just said about the structure of it. The reason I love this book, which I also think was available as an ebook, but I did, was, buy, yeah. I did buy the actual book, is that it's called How to Eat Your Feelings, and it's structured in the most unique way I've ever seen a cookbook mm-hmm. written, which is literally, if you're bored, make this. If you feel... She's got recipes for when you're feeling kind of anxious. She's got recipes for this. She's got recipes for feeling kind of lonely. She's on got the anxious for one, feeling sorry. happy. Does it have... Is it, like, where things that require kneading and that kind of thing? Um, some stuff, or more like, like, um... Like, for example, there's things in here like spring rolls. So it's like repetitive, using your fingers. Using your fingers. Yeah. The pot stickers are in the I anxious really section. The lamb dumplings. Um, yeah, lots of folding, lots of like little details. It's mainly, yeah, it's mainly actually dumplings in that section. It's time for dumplings. Yeah. So, and I do think that that makes sense. She's got like um, feeling kind of annoyed, feeling stressed, feeling kind of messy, feeling kind of lonely, feeling kind of happy with a $20,000 chocolate cake. And I just, I love that it's written like this. Yeah. I'm yet to cook from it for no particular reason. Like, I I want to. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I just haven't got around to it. But I feel like I have taken a lot of inspiration from her recipes as a whole that she posts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I probably cooked off of that more. I definitely have, I definitely have. I've cooked off of that more than, obviously I've never drawn for this book. Um, but that gives me hope and that gives me like this is going to be good when I eventually cook from it I love the idea of that I have this in my collection kind of again that moment of having the first edition like knowing that I've got a self-published book on ebook which other people have to read off their screens but I've got the book on yeah I'll just makes me a little bit is it you can't buy it in I think the reason I bought it was it was some kind of like last print but again it could have been a last print and it could have been 200 and there could still be some sitting there I'm gonna buy it today if I can buy it today if you can I'll put a link to it if it's still available on in the show notes description. But I love it. I love it. Even the the cover, like it's just so simple, but it's just got these yeah, two little crying. Super cute. crying I think it looks exactly sandwiches. like her as well. I yeah. don't know how to explain it. But it just <laughs> She's looks... on the back. Yeah. It's that brown, that's the colour of her hair. Yeah. 
the little nail color and the lip color. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great book. Book number. I've actually got her um, the book about baking. I can't remember what it's called, but as an ebook. The ebook, yeah, which I also printed. You can download it. She just wants. I don't. I can't remember what it's called, but she basically the premise of it is that she just wants people to be able to cook something good. So it's all mm. about baking. But if you don't have the money, that. then it's free. I think like oh, the ask is five dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I pay yeah, for yeah, yeah. it. But if you don't have money or whatever, then you can literally just download it just for free, feel good and it vibes. is solid recipes. I cooked the brownie recipe from there, um, and I think I was gonna bake. I cake. might grab that tonight. You grab this. I'll grab that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Deal. Deal. Okay. And then my last book, because I know we're gonna wrap up shortly, is um, Ottolenghi Flavor. I yeah. really like that book. I really like that book. I think I haven't actually directly cooked from it but i did sit down with that book and i made notes i need all the otolengi books i don't yeah. have any of them my, oh, my mum had one i stole it and she stole it back i love otolengi i yeah. love going to otolengi yeah. and i love the fact that the menu is like seasonal sorry to hijack your book yeah but just to think that i could make those things if they were written down for me and they mm-hmm. are but i just haven't bought the book yeah no these books are really good and i like flavor because the book is basically built around and it's actually I would say almost equivalent to salt, fat, acid, heat, Mm. which is probably why I really like that book, where the theory behind it is how to build flavour into your food and how we actually interpret flavour, the different elements that make up flavour, because it's not just what we taste on our tongue. There's also Jerusalem. Yeah. There's the new ones, which are Ottolenghi's Test Kitchen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Which I think are more like collaborations between his his network and his Mm -hmm. food writers. But... I think there's, there's, yeah, I, I think I there's want that few, one. There's a few, but flavour, And there's a dessert love. one. I don't know, Harley, you keep... <laughs> <laughs> are you a collector or are you not a collector? I don't have, no, because I haven't got all of his books. My collection is growing, okay? Weekly. But I had, I can't remember which one it was, but I had another one and my mum t- stole it back. I'll take that for free. Flavour. My brother bought me Simple, actually, as well, and I haven't... The gone yellow through, one? Yeah, the I think lemon. it was my brother that bought me Simple for my birthday. I haven't gone through that book yet. But anyway, like I said, Flavour is a good book. It is a lot of vegetarian recipes, and I think this is the book that he did with Ixta, Belfred. I'm butchering her name. Belf, yeah, Belfred. Fire. Yeah, I know exactly who you mean because she's got her own it's book. Mezcal. Yeah, Mezcal. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually got that book. Somebody bought me that book for my birthday as well. So yeah, with flavour, it the, the book really focuses on how to build flavour through your, your food. And flavour is not just what we interpret on our tongue. A lot of it is smell. It is texture. It's a whole sensory experience. So how do you do that in one dish? And when I went through that book, I think that's when I really became obsessed with adding texture to my food, adding Mm. elements of freshness to my food and creating a whole dish, even if it is vegetarian or vegan. And this is what I mean, like with vegan food, to me, I love vegan food. Can be, yeah. It doesn't always have to be some kind of mirroring of meat. Oxtail. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be. I don't think it's necessary. I think there's there's so much in vegetables. And if you understand flavour and how to build flavours and flavour perception, all them different types of things, textures, you can make some really great dishes. So I would definitely recommend that book. Not necessarily to cook from, but mm, just to own. To own and to read through. Funnily enough, my final recommendations mm. are the entire Ruby Tando anthology. <laughs> However, she yeah. has a book called Flavor as well. Yeah. Um, and her first book, Crumb, is probably the one that I would actually recommend to you. So number one, it's a baking book. But the way that it's written, and if you watch Great British Bake Off, the series that Ruby was in, you would 
know her character a little, but her character really comes through in the way that she writes. But the thing I love most about the book is that she, and just the, all her writing, is that there's no snobbery. Mm -hmm. And there's particularly no snobbery around ingredients. She, her last book is um, Cook As You Are, mm -hmm. which literally represents that. And it's like, if you've got this, make this. If you don't have this, sub it for that. This will work, that will work. You got yeah, this, make yeah. this. And even from Crumb, which was a very first book, there's a recipe I love going to in that book, their chocolate fudge cake. And in it, she talks about the chocolate that you need. And often in chocolate recipes, you're told like 70% or yeah, above. Yeah. And she has a little note in it that says like, good quality dark chocolate. You can use Bourneville. Yeah. If you and want, you can, yeah. Like, you, like, use what you want, use what you can. The higher, the better. But I've used Cadbury's many mm -hmm. times and it's come up perfectly fine. And I love that. Like, I love finding the little notes and kind of what you're saying about the sub the subheadings and the titles and the pre-ramble mm -hmm. and particularly the way that she writes and the way she talks about food is very much like, you know, for the everyday person. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is a certain level of privilege that comes with, you know, being able to buy cookbooks, which we've discussed, like they're not exactly a cheap thing to invest in and even some of the ingredients. But if you've, if you've met her that far, she's not going to take you any further. Yeah. You know? She's not going to push you beyond now having to go out and buy goose fats and the finest sugars mm -hmm. and this, that and the other. Very much like cast sugar in every recipe. There are some recipe books, it's like raw cane sugar or dye. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, I don't have time. Sure. I, mm, no. Ruby meets you exactly where you are and she'll have a recipe for you in every sense of the word. Flavour is written not quite the same way. Um, I don't actually love the way it's written. Not the way it's written, <laughs> but the way it's organised. Okay. Because how to eat your feelings is chaos in terms of dessert this like yeah flavor is kind of the same way because it's written kind of by flavor so it's like citrus spicy so citrus ranges from like lemon pasta to lemon cake yeah okay. kind of thing so if you like it i love it you yeah know? like <laughs> it's not it's not the easiest for me to navigate as a book reading through but i just know if i check in the index, I can find the recipe I want and where it's going to be. Yeah. But buy every single thing that Ruby Tando puts out because she's amazing. Buy everything by Otolenghi. I need to buy everything by Otolenghi. I do. I need all of them. Over time. Jerusalem, simple. I technically have three, but like I said, my mum stole one if she's listening. She so. is listening. Both mm. our mums are listening. We have so much more to say about cookbooks that I feel Definitely. we've pushed this episode to its limits and our energy levels for today. Oh gosh, that Thai food has slumped. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we shouldn't have started this episode so full, but we are definitely going to revisit this. I hope that this has answered some of the questions that we've been getting about cookbooks, which ones are our favourites, which ones to start with, mm -hmm. a little bit about why we have them in the first place. A lot of people don't have books at home. I know there's a lot of statistics about children and how children don't have access to books at home. So if you are seeing cookbooks in charity shops that you can pick up and give well, to someone... we'll talk about that in the next episode. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. touch on all of these things how again. To get, how to grow your collection in a way that's inclusive. Because yes. obviously not everybody can afford to pay... 27 pounds and some some people don't want to spend their money in that way yeah. but that doesn't mean that you can't have a collection even if it's a collection of two books exactly you know I mean? two amazing books that you use yeah. and the cover is that, that you love you use it all the time yeah. 
we will catch on another cookbook episode we'll put up a question box when this episode comes out of the things that we probably missed out on that we can revisit in our next episode about cookbooks let us know across our socials what you'd like to hear from us next this episode is very mm-hmm. much decided by you guys the listeners exactly so and if there are any books that they recommend yeah. please share with us because then we can share them in the next episode for others because there might be books that we both don't own in our collection there are growing many, yeah many many many, many so many, if there's many. any ones that you think we should have absolutely then please share let us know if you are listening to this podcast on apple podcast or spotify please don't forget to rate and follow us on both of those platforms leave a review if you're being offered to leave one i think it's only (laughs) apple podcast that asks you i think i don't think they do on spotify no leave a review for us it is super 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 helpful will help us grow and reach new listeners Mm -hmm. thank you to everybody who is listening across the world i think at the moment we are reaching 12 countries wow 12 countries and i think (laughs) one of those countries is the states and we're hitting i think seven states so that's amazing the listeners whoever you guys yeah. are if you're listening interact with us let us know that you've been listening because we love it i love getting we messages. love it we love yeah. seeing our views um our views our listens and yeah. our views to be honest, on tiktok and getting feedback getting we feedback it. we love it so we'll catch you on the next one bye guys